0: When I started out the mud farm in 2019, I was already an entrepreneur. So my mindset had already shifted to that of an entrepreneur, meaning that I am approaching farming as a business. And anytime I start a business, what I want to do is I want to find the gap. Like I want to find the hole. Like I don't want to do the same thing that everybody else has been doing. I want to find the hole and sneak up the middle and get in where I fit in, so to speak. Now what that means is you have to do your research. So when I got in, I started looking at the agricultural census and I'm like, okay, farmers are not making that much money. It doesn't seem to matter how many acres you have. It just doesn't translate into a lot of annual revenue. And then I'm on YouTube doing research, looking at different people, you know, out of their apartments and basements, like selling things like microgreens and mushrooms and killing it. Like So I'm kind of confused. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. So acres does not equate into revenue. That was the first thing that I learned. The second thing that I learned is once I had a unique product like the rabbit fertilizer that nobody else was really selling and I could promote that, then I could carve out a place for me in the marketplace and make myself unique. That was my unique selling proposition. Rabbit fertilizer is one of the best cold fertilizers that you can find And it's clean, meaning that rabbits are pretty clean animals. They don't eat a lot of junk. So their poop is pretty good, right? And it's a cold fertilizer, meaning that you don't have to compost it. You don't have to let it sit. It won't burn your plants if you apply it right away. So all of those things were unique. They weren't in the marketplace. I found a hole. I ran up the middle, right? So this second cash crop of mine, I'm going to do the same thing. So everybody's making soap. Cute soap, pretty soap. I'm not trying to compete with them. I'm not like an artisan, a soap artisan, I'm not gonna make cute, pretty soap. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna make a soap that solves a problem that's currently not being solved in the homemade soap space. Now, what is that? I'm glad you asked. Well, I've done the research and I realized that nobody is really out there making soaps to help people deal with things like, you know, eczema and skin issues and things of that nature. Now, here's an important disclaimer you cannot go around claiming that your soaps can do A, B, C, D, or E, or else the FDA will come for you right away, okay? So keep that in mind. Now, what does that mean for me? I just said I'm making soap for people with eczema. Well, I'm making soap for people with eczema doesn't mean I'm gonna claim that it helps with eczema. This is this is where marketing comes in. So I'm gonna be making soaps for people with this particular problem, and what that looks like is I'm gonna go do some research. I went and found out, which herbs hello natural herbs are already known commonly known herbs to help with these skin related issues I'm not gonna have to claim that my soap helps with eczema all I need to do is to create a very you know a quality product infused with these herbs that are already known to help with these issues and let the consumer decide for themselves. That's how I stay out of trouble with the FDA and I continue to focus on that audience of people who have a specific pain point. Now, let's talk about that pain point because I researched it. And when I tell you people with eczema and skin-related issues are willing to pay a premium, do you understand me? A premium for a bar of soap. I went to amazon i looked up the different soaps that are considered like for sensitive skin and things of that nature and when i tell you i was shocked i was like what this is how much people are willing to pay for a four and a half ounce bar of soap and the reason for that is because when you focus on a niche when you focus on a target audience and you serve them well and you help them solve a problem, they are gonna be willing and able to pay you whatever you're asking for them to pay because you're helping them solve a problem and no one else is. That's why you get the premium for it. That's why I was able to charge $7 and even $10 ultimately for one pound of rabbit poop, okay? This is what you need to do when you're trying to start a farm business. Don't grow that thing that you're just so, you know, I want to grow tulips and I want to grow, you know, heirloom tomatoes and I want to do this. And uh, No, scratch that. Farming is a business. You need to approach it as a business. Find an audience that has a problem find a product that you can you can, that you can that manufacture on your farm and reverse engineer that thing and solve that specific audience's problem. Then once you've done that for 10 crops, then you can kick back and grow whatever you wanna grow. But the whole point is to go from where you are to being able to f- home, homestead full-time or farm full-time and replace your income. And the only way that you're gonna do that on a consistent basis is by targeting a niche audience and solving a problem. And they need to have a problem, mind you, They need to have a problem. Like, you know, people that are making these cute, pretty soaps and people that like pretty soaps, guess what? When things get hard, are they still going to buy cute, pretty soap? Not necessarily. They're just going to go and buy some soap, right? But when it comes to targeting a niche audience, like people who are dealing with skin issues like eczema, when things get hard and the economy kind of changes, are they going to stop buying their eczema soap or the soap that's helping them with their eczema? I think not. So that's how you have to think. You have to think like a business and not a artisan. You can't think like a farmer. You have to think like an entrepreneur. Now back to that whole consistency thing. The other piece that I've learned in another business is creating recurring streams of income. It is so comforting to know, okay, this is how many people I have on my subscription list and this is how many people I can expect to pay every month and this is how much money that looks like. So if you're reverse engineering and you're like, okay, I make four grand a month for my job. How can I replace that income with homesteading or farm produ- farm products? Well, then you have to work the numbers backwards. You have to figure out how many people do you need in, in your database, number one. Okay, these people need to be a homogeneous group of people with the same problem, right? So you have a database that you need to build, number one. And then if you've been in sales for any length of time, you know that There's a number, a ratio, one out of every five things is going to happen. You're going to get, you know, for every five um, no's, you're going to get at least one yes in there or four no's, you're going to get one yes. So here's how this works. If I've got a database and it's got 2,000 people in it and I use this one out of every five formula, then I know that if, you know, I at least have 2,000 people in my database, 400 of them are going to do something, right? That's that one out of every five thing. So the larger the database, the more likely you are to get the results that you need to get. So once you've got people in your database and you attract them to your database by serving them, by providing them information, by giving them something of value or whatever. So in the case of soap, what I'm going to do is I'm going to be building up my inventory over the next several months. And at the beginning, I'm going to be giving a lot of soap away. Buy one, get one free or here's a trial bar or whatever the case may be. Why? Because I need to find my people. I need to build my database of people who I know are interested and who better to know that than people who are actually asking for a free bar of soap or people that take advantage of a buy one, get one offer. Right. I'm also going to create a wait list. Right. I'm going to be publishing what I'm doing on farm on my social media accounts. And this is the thing for those of you guys who don't like social media. I am so sorry. You got to get over it. If you're trying to build a farm business and replace your income, you got to get over the social media phobia, phobia, you got, you've got to get on Facebook. You've got to, cause where else are people going to find you? Like you've got to get over that. You've got to get an Instagram. You've got to get a TikTok. You've got to get a Facebook. You've got to get a YouTube. Okay. You don't have to be good on those things. You just have to get those and get them established so people can at least find you and follow your progress. Right? So I'll be doing that as I begin to build out this soap, uh, cash crop. I'll be documenting what I'm doing. I'll be gauging interest by saying, hey, I'm getting close to the finish line. Um, Here's my waiting list. Who's interested in getting a bar of my chamomile soap, okay, or my calendula soap, okay, or my, you know, comfrey soap, right? Because why? I've done the research on those herbs, and I know those herbs are known already for hundreds and hundreds of years before I even got here to help with these different types of issues involving the skin, right? So when it comes to consistency, you have to develop a subscription-based business model. And in farming, that's called a CSA, a community-supported agriculture, which is basically a club for your farm. Dr. Booker T. Watley called it a clientele membership club. He's actually the grandfather of the CSA. It's basically a group of people who have raised their hands and said, Hey, I want to do business with you. I want to know. I want to buy from you because I know you. I know that you are using, you know, you're raising things properly. You're growing things the way I would want them grown. And if I'm going to use them for my family, and so I want to buy from you, that's who your CSA is. So they're basically people who have identified themselves as potential customers. Now, what you have to do as a farm business owner is serve them and make sure you're focusing on only what they want, not what you want to grow. Oh, I want to grow loofahs. Okay. Who going to buy them, sis? Okay. You have to understand that this is a business and you have to find your audience before you decide and fall in love with your product. Okay. I can't, I can't reinforce that enough. So with me, it it looks like I already know what the audience needs. I'm going to continue to do some reconnaissance in some Facebook groups and just kind of snoop around and see what people are still needing. I've already been on Amazon. you got to do this, you know, SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats to see exactly who, what, when, why, and where, right? So that you stay out of trouble. And anytime you're doing something that involves a consumer and them applying it to their skin, you're gonna wanna stay out of trouble with the FDA. You wanna make sure your labeling and all of those things are correct. So you gotta make sure you do all of those things. But like I said, I'm making soap. I'm telling them what the ingredients are. And I'm gonna let them deduce for themselves because they've already, let me, tra- let me tell you this. If somebody's got an issue like this, like with eczema or whatever, I guarantee you they have already done the research on how that they can help themselves and run across some of these herbal remedies before I even put it in front of them. So when they see this bar of soap is infused with chamomile, and they see this bar of soap is infused with calendula, they're going, oh my gosh, I can't believe somebody actually. And so when I put a $10 price tag on a four and a half ounce bar of soap and I, and I get that list going, that database built, and I've got two or three or 4,000 people on that database Then I can sit back and rely to know that if I, you know, as long as I can continue to create a quality product and and provide some good fulfillment and customer service that I can rely on one or two thousand dollars a month, depending on how many, you know, bars I'm going to keep in production. So this is how you reverse engineer a business. You can do this with any business, but particularly you don't see it a lot in farming. And so that's what your girl is about. Reverse engineering, thinking with the end in mind. This is how you start a farm business, okay? So thanks for listening to me. I hope to see you guys soon. Oh, and if you haven't already, check out Out the Mud Farm. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on. I've got group coaching that you can plug into twice a month. I've got a special through the month of September um, that you can save $60 for your entire subscription, however long you stay with me. Um, And or until we get the like 300th member. So either one of those two things, the end of September or the 300th member, you can save 60 bucks a month. And then we've got a soaping, how to start a business in six months, how to start a farm business in six months coming up. It's gonna be focused on soaping and those classes open up on September the 12th. So lots of ways to plug in, but definitely if you haven't already, watch the replay to our recent farm meet and greet. Just click at the link below and register so that you can see Um, What other farmers are going through across the country, it's completely free. I host those once a month at the end of every month. So I hope to see you in there. I'll talk with you soon. Peace.